Welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my left is Brad. And to my right is James. And in front of me is Sierra. Yay! Yeah. Woo! Sierra and Laura. You can hear your our wife, audience for once. Your you wife can. Is, your wife is here too, but she's in the kitchen. Yeah, she's cooking us something nice because that's what women do. I would. I went ahead and put. Uh, uh, thing of water so her feet can soak while she's cooking. Man, um, America's so much better than Russia. It is, because we don't need nothing but potatoes. <laughs> Stupid Ruskies. If you're listening from Russia, I did not mean that last comment. Real news. Wait, what did we see this week, Ryan? Oh, fuck what we saw. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we saw The Hunger Games, starring Jennifer Lawrence. And some other guys. And um, Lenny Kravitz. Peter Brett, and yeah, Lenny Kravitz. And Woody Harrelson. Yeah, Thor's younger brother, Stanley Liam. Stanley Tucci. Uh, uh, Elizabeth Banks was in it. She and that was. was the, I yeah. love her. Yeah. She's really great as Betty Brant in Spider-Man. Josh Hutcherson was the bread dude. But now, hey, 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 let's get this back into um, a format that everybody loves, okay? Real news. It's Real news. And, of course, real news, the big story is 21 Jump Street, the number one movie from last week, did $36 million, which is uh, good. good for uh, MGM because <laughs> they need a Aww. hit. And uh, and it's good for the movie for a potential sequel. And I think it's the highest grossing R-rated movie in March ever, opening weekend. Good. So, yeah, rightly deserved. It was really funny. Yeah, this is probably not a bad time. There's two things of, of real news that actually kind of tie into this. That, For one is that MGM this week, uh, since we're talking about them making some money last week, uh, you know, it's that time of year where everybody's sort of wrapping up last year and talking about what movies they did or didn't make money on. And MGM is claiming that, that uh, Dragon Tattoo is going to take a loss. Yeah, um, I read that too. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is, is kind of surprising. But at the same time, I understand because I don't know who goes to see that movie twice. Well, the hard thing with that movie, yeah, I mean, one, you know, well, I mean, I got the Blu-ray coming this week, but yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, it's a two and a half hour long R-rated movie about rape. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's a tough sell. I think it was last week that I said, like, the, owning that movie on DVD is like owning Passion of the Christ on DVD. Like, I don't know that I would ever actually watch it. You know, it just it 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 would be on. I'd be doing something to myself, torturing myself to watch it. Not I'm not really excited bad, to see it again, but yeah, because I I mean I think it's shot really well, and I love the opening. I love the credits. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> I would I would watch the first minute and a half of that movie any day. So, uh, at the same time, uh, Disney also last week announced that John Carter is going to lose two hundred million dollars for them, which is that's it. heavy. It 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 makes it possibly the biggest bomb of all time financially uh, and that's not including you know technically uh cleopatra should still be if you include inflation but um man they're gonna have to sell a whole bunch of dvds of space buddies if they're gonna <laughs> <the loss of. laughs> yeah i mean it's it's disney so they're gonna be okay but still it's, it's yeah you know you know how they're gonna be okay may 4th the avengers comes out by yeah. the way distributed yeah. by walt disney company there's a part of me that was okay with having Waterworld have that title, or I think actually Cutthroat Island is the movie before it. Yeah, uh, uh, and even Cutthroat Island, I don't think that movie deserves to be the biggest bomb of all time. I don't know. I I have a uh, Entertainment Weekly, and it has the biggest flops in box office history. And every time I see Pluto Nash, that cost a hundred million dollars to make, and its total box office was two million bucks. I, I mean, I was. You were $12 of that $2 million. <laughs> My brother and I saw that in theaters. 
and it was awesome. And if you're wondering where we get these awesome box office numbers, Box Office Mojo supplies us with everything box office money related. There's this one scene where Pluto Nash has a dog, but it's in a freezer, so it's frozen. Remember when Eddie Murphy was in Beverly Hills Cop? Just saying. No, I wasn't born yet. Yeah, you don't have to be born. You can still watch it. <laughs> Gee, many Christmas. I think I was three. The movie when it didn't came stop out. existing in 1983 or whatever <laughs> yeah, it came out. It did. I refused to watch it anything before 1987. <laughs> so this week in the world of Blu-rays and DVDs, extremely loud and incredibly close is available on Blu-ray, DVD. Oh, finally, combo I'll have pack a t- with an ultraviolet digital copy. Finally, I will have another chance to avoid actually seeing that movie. Yeah, it, they. Uh, it was singled out as. How in the hell it was nominated for Best Picture because nobody liked it, so. How was it singled out? Hugo was on that list, too. Yeah, but freaking movie people loved Hugo. Yeah, I guess. I've met plenty of people who like that movie. And if you're looking for another award-winning movie, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Chipwrecked, came out on, is coming out on Blu-ray. Does it have any, like, does it have any genetically altered sharks in it? That'd be sweet. It'd be sweet if David Cross was in it. He's in it. (laughs) See it for David Cross. Eureka, season 4.5. Yeah, what? it's a sci-fi thing. They they split their seasons up. Dumb. Yep. Um, a Dangerous Method is on Blu-ray and DVD, which I saw all by myself in a theater. Literally. Not another single person in there. Just check it out. It's fun. Is that the movie you took your pants off in? Yes. Yeah, okay. Hmm. That's what he does instead of having date nights with me. Just saying. Yep. <laughs> I would rather see a movie by myself than drag along my dumbass wife. Oh, ho. Oh. All right, I'm going home. <laughs> you don't even say anything back? Honey, this is your chance to fire back. Come I on. I made a face like this. Yeah, people can't see that <laughs> they're listening to us. I'll describe Laura's face. Yeah, should we should we describe radio to Laura? Let's see, her, her mouth was open and she was uh, I don't know, maybe a, a, a guffaw. Maybe it was guffaw. <laughs> <laughs> no, that day Laura was in school and I was really bored. So you were home and lonely. Yep. So I went and saw that dangerous method at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday, and no one was there. <laughs> Nice. I, I wonder if the Weinsteins like looked it up. They said, "Oh my gosh, someone in Denver, Colorado, went saw our movie at two o'clock on <laughs> Sold Tuesday." One ticket. That t- <laughs> we need that ten fifty. <laughs> what does a theater do when nobody buys a buys a ticket to it? Um, I think they're uh, contractually obligated to run the movie. Yeah, in case somebody buys it halfway yeah. through and is like, "I just wanted to see the second well, half." What movie did? Well, we went to see Casa Dimi Padre, and we were the only two in there at the beginning, and they started showing the previews like fifteen minutes before the movie started. Yeah, and then the theater. Sort Started of filled filling up, up yeah. yeah. It's weird. I think what theater was it? Uh, Greenwood Village. Greenwood Village. Landmark. Oh, I, I th- doesn't that theater do that? I thought that they actually start their showings on time. They start their previews early, yeah, and then the actual movie kind of starts closer to on time. Yeah, I thought. Uh, yeah. Anyway. But anyways, also South Park season fifteen, unbelievable, is on Blu-ray and DVD. Yep. Man, I remember that came out. That show. I was little... in middle school. <laughs> I don't because I wasn't born. Yes. James is thirteen years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with yes. with with a beard, yeah. And Casablanca 70th anniversary. Wait, they're putting out another version of Casablanca? Dude, it's the 70th anniversary. It's in yeah, one of those big boxes, you know, the, seven, it's like the, the anniversary. Yeah. But there already is one of those for Casablanca. It's like Oh yeah, it's the like Ultimate Collector's Edition? Yeah. That's just the Ultimate Collector's, collector's Edition. There's this already the a ridiculous version of this on Blu-ray. Why is there another one? Um, I don't know. Maybe people want to waste another four hours of their life. I already covered that. that no, no, oh no, that, no, I keep no, on no. mixing that up. It's Gone with the Wind. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> Casablanca is like a good movie. And I already covered that one Blu-ray. Another, another Are you going to go versions. see that one night only showing no. of Casablanca in theaters? <laughs> no, I I will just buy it on Blu-ray. And just watch so you it know, when you s- they say those one night only things like in NTM, 
things or fifteen dollars uh, ticket. Oh, wow. really? Yeah. Because I've seen 3D. Rod Stewart and Kevin Smith at them, and they're both fifteen bucks. Wow. Um, and of course, go to digitalbits.com to see all the amazing DVD artwork. Order from Amazon through them to support independent websites. There are some of those things where I would just, ra- I would rather they just put that on DVD. The the one time events, like yeah. put it on DVD and let me buy it. I will pay fifteen dollars for that. Yep, it makes more sense. But yeah. Whatever. Well, I thought that Kevin Smith one was kind of cool because he like would answer live tweets during it. And yeah, it was a live stream. That was pretty cool. It was no, no, cool. it, it would or still you could be just cool live to have stream it for free. I guess it would still be cool to have the event, but I would like to be able to see it. Like if I wasn't able to make it that night, or if I liked it and want to see it again. Yeah, um, that's the only bummer. Is yeah, you know, you can't see it again. I mean, I, I watched the evenings more than once. Why would I not watch? And I love this one fathom Kevin event. Smith. Yeah, that Superman story kills me every time. Mm. Anyways, um, we'll get into real news. Now we're actually going to get into some real real news. Um, real Brad real news. never has anything, so we're just going to skip him this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I got something, guys. Wow, Brad Wait, comes what? prepared this oh, week. Oh, man. Did something, Dude, we are did terrible something, actors. Did something that in, in <laughs> any way that you like, like happen? Actually, James, something very close to my heart was <laughs> damaged this week. Um, probably people listening to this podcast are fully aware that... Uh, the TMNT fans are warring with Michael Bay. Yeah, yeah, yeah which, which is um, kind of funny because how this story started was just a random little off comment that Michael Bay made about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And what did he say about the turtles, Brad? In my movie, the turtles are going to be of alien origin. What? Fuck Michael Bay. Well, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't quite say it as straightforward as that. Like he was trying to give a little, like a little. Synopsis. Do you see it with you know. lasers and explosions in the background? <laughs> <laughs> with was, his nicely combed back hair. And... He was trying to encourage people that the movie was going to be really cool and to, and that there was going to be this sort of heart, you know, that they were going to be about like these aliens in this in our world and how they were sort of separated and that was going to be this tension, right? Like that was kind of the context in which he was saying it, but everybody just grabbed onto the word alien and ran with it. They did. Uh, and people are pissed. They did. And uh cuz we don't want planets full of turtles. So being the big Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan here, if uh you know anything about Brad, his favorite movie of all time is the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Brad, uh, tell us how you feel about turtles being aliens. Uh, I don't feel like the turtles themselves being aliens is a great idea. However, if you are a big fan like me and have read the original comics, you'll understand that um, the ooze comes from the Utrams, who are like the Krang characters in the cartoon show. Um, They're an actual alien race uh, who run TCRI. Um, it's not TGRI, by the way. It's that's just the movie TCRI, and they create the ooze. So that it's from actually, I guess they're not aliens; they're from another dimension. Yeah. So, but alien, you know, in that aspect, but if Brad, they're trying to tell the, that story, the cartoon is canon, and that doesn't go with anything you're saying. Oh, excuse me, you're right. I I forgot. Yeah, it's 2012. If you make a movie about turtles in the sewer getting covered in radioactive material and turning into and people pizza. i will not go see that mm. movie dude i want them to say cowabunga so bad <laughs> no the the cartoon people i can't believe people on in the comment threads of these articles actually believe that the cartoon show is the origin story of the turtles it's the eastman and laird comic yeah and both um, of whom for... this week have said that they think that that michael bay's version is badass yeah and for the uninitiated no. what uh <laughs> yeah no eastman and laird both this no they, uh, okay. Laird is being sarcastic. 
He Wait. actually came back today and he was he clarified. He said, I can't believe people didn't understand from my first comment that I was disapproving of Michael Bay's. He like Oh man. He is not on board at all with the turtles being aliens from another planet. In fact he doesn't want to see another full planet with aliens on it. And then Eastman has said he is on board with the idea and it's awesome and he's helping develop the story with the creators. Except from what I've read, it only seems like Kevin Eastman has only met with the director and the writers and hasn't actually been involved with Michael Bay's production ideas. So, um, but at the same time, if you've read the original comics, the turtles go from like parodying the Ronin storyline to like bringing other artists on who have developed other like alien worlds and all these far-fetched stories and adventures that the turtles go on. And so I can see Eastman like throwing in all those ideas and, um, I think in the end, you just got to wait and see what happens. Like yeah, with any movie, you got to so, give it a chance. I'm I'm not thrilled with the idea, but... So to me, the definitive Spider-Man story is the death of Gwen Stacy. What's the definitive Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles story? Uh, the turtles grow from the ooze. Oroku Saki tracks down Hamato Yoshi in America. And those kills are, Hamato Yoshi. in case huh? you don't know. What? The character names you just said, what's their like comic names? Hamato Yoshi. Orokusaki's I mean, Shredder. There you go. That's what I was looking for. But Hamato Yoshi in the comics is just a dude. He's not Splinter. That's the cartoon show. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm, I'm trying to put it out yeah. for the layman people. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, Orokusaki comes to the U.S., form, like, creates the U.S. division of the Foot Clan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, the Turtles grow up later, and they, they find out his operation. They're not actively seeking him out, but they find out his operation. And the Foot Clan wear these sweet purple hoods with uh, black... <laughs> leotards underneath it's yeah badass and a foot across their face yeah leotard is badass ever <laughs> totally and then and then on their chest there's a circle <laughs> with a z on it and if you kick them they turn back into clay <laughs> i actually like uh i think it's issue number oh my god i can't believe 12 um they kill the shredder in the first comic mm-hmm. uh but the foot clan later a couple books later use these worms to put him back together after he blows up what and then uh, they fight zombie like, shredder. Like they fight in the um, antique store on a dock. Oh, that's a <laughs> well, that's number two. Where, we we want to know where this store, is going. Foot clan. I'm confused. They're ninjas. They're they're turtles fighting ninjas. Well, they're fighting they're fighting the zombie guy in a in an antique store. No, Ryan just asked me what my favorite story was, mm-hmm. like story arc, and yeah. it's um like that. When the Shredder returns, and then they have to f- like they fight the Foot Clan and Worm Shredder again, um, and then it, like it culminates on top of I, I don't know if it's a roof again or just the antique store, but like there's a sweet two panel spread where Leonardo leaps at the Shredder, and you just see them trade places, and then there's like this thin little line in the image where you can see he, like he decapitated him, and then nice. like Leonardo lands on the other side, and then it's just like. The head rolls. Oh, oh it's, it's I want a, really excited right now. I want a. <laughs> I want Being a. Sarcastic. No, <laughs> no, you are very excited. I'm making a legit observation. I want a nice. badass ninja movie about turtle people, like you are describing, and I don't want them to be on skateboards or eat pizza or say words <laughs> like cowabunga. I don't want them to look like rubber. Uh, I'd be happy if they didn't have differently colored headbands. Like you know, every time they show awesome. a clip of the movie and like the articles, like for the past movies, yeah. Those look more convincing to me than, like, if they did a CGI turtle. Well, they're going to do the motion capture. Yeah. I was reading 
the one guy said he liked that Planet of the yeah, Apes style, but cool. I mean, it, it has, it we'll has to do with how you we'll shoot, see. not the CGI. Like, it's stuff. way too early to start getting yeah. all up in arms about you have, this. You have, a, what, a year and ten months? Yeah. So Christmas 2013. And, and do we really know how, like, uh, I, I'm sort of asking you this, Brad. Do we really know how involved Michael Bay is? Like, is he just a producer, like an executive yeah, producer, he, and he wants it to platinum. be badass? Or is it like he's there every day writing this story and really no, is platinum making sure that... Dunes, which is like his... Oh, it's Platinum Dunes? Yeah. yeah. Oh, this movie's fucked. <laughs> The Friday Thirteenth was pretty good, I thought. I mean, they're not really nice. known for doing anything creative original. They're just they take stuff and try to make it slightly cooler. Yeah. Um. So, like, I don't have high expectations for it. Like, it's just going to be like they're going to take what exists and dress a few things up. And I, yeah, Michael Bay is not writing or directing it, so you don't have to right. worry about Transformers syndrome. <laughs> well, and that's what I mean. Well, he didn't write and direct those movies either. But what I mean is him saying this thing about Alien movies. and and how uh, involved those creators are with talking to Michael Bay doesn't necessarily mean that he, what he said reflects on what the final product is going to be. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? They might halfway through here just be like, Michael, the Alien thing's not working. We got to tone this, like so. He'll be like, six months down the line, this money wise, we'll take might it get out. Scrapped, like yeah. you know, we're we're pretty far away. I mean, it's clear he doesn't get the concept, but, you know, again, it's way too early yeah. to make a decision. He didn't get Pearl Harbor, so. <laughs> that's true. And that's history. So, yes. yeah, that's uh, one of my news stories. Cool. What else you got for me, sir? I am excited because Kevin Smith announced on Twitter that we might see the return of the Clerks animated series in 2013. Yeah. Yeah. So. My favorite episode of the Clerks cartoon is the second episode where they flash back to the things show. that have never happened. Yeah. <laughs> And it's only the yeah. second episode, so I mean, it's to- it's totally playing on sitcoms. What's and, messed yeah, up okay. is when it aired on, I think, UPN <laughs> or uh, something. ABC they, or ABC. Yeah, that's right. Um, it aired out of order, mm-hmm. so I think <laughs> the second episode was actually the first episode. No, they aired the fourth episode first, and then they aired the second episode, and then they canceled it. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And then uh, Kevin Smith said he regretted because UPN did offer him less money. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But more episodes, and he wished he would have taken the less money and more yeah. episodes because um, at the time he says, "Oh well, ABC, you know, it's more exposure." More exposure yeah. But uh, but it also fun. was not a great time for like uh, adult animation. You Unless know, you had your guy. Simpsons and your you know. It's before yeah. the Adult Swim boom. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Now you could you could produce that show for pretty cheap. And get enough people watching and they would do all right. Uh, this is totally off topic, but I turned on Adult Swim at, when I was working. And I was watching Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Is Patton yes. Oswalt the, na- the little Mr. Shake? Yes. No. He's no. Not oh, Shake. Shake, no. But he's no. on that show. He's one of the, oh, the, the, the douche not, you college don't mean Shake, aliens. You mean the little Shake? Yeah, the little yes. Shake. Where he's like, oh, yeah. He is the little Shake. <laughs> I th- I yeah. thought, Shake's son. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I was like in my office and I'm like, I, hear this, I swear I hear Patton Oswalt and I see this little shake thing bouncing up and down like because it sounded like oh, Pat Oswald's retard voice it is it's totally I was, I was just yeah. knew you he's also that. the douche college aliens one yeah. of them yeah yeah he is nice anyways that's what I have topic man <laughs> oh, that show is great so yeah cool yeah Kirk's coming back and then also uh, did you guys read about the dragon tattoo DVD controversy no no people opened up the discs and oh yeah they looked like <laughs> they had been uh, just written on with marker so like they looked pirated which they're like that old the system of down CD. Yeah, but yeah, people thought they got some pirated DVDs, like they purchased them. Yeah, but I don't know who like looks at a disc and like sees the rating information and copyright and Sony <laughs> yeah. like impressed on the disc. Yeah. 
Oh, so it's like goes, it's like oh, a hack disc. It's yeah. like their yeah, design. They're going. It for. looks like yeah, it looks like a burned DVD because it's you know movie about hackers. And, oh yeah, and they're also saying that it was uh, you know spread awareness about pirating or whatever, but it's just silly. Huh. Yeah, but instead people wanted refunds and stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> Which great marketing idea. <laughs> did you did you throw the Blu-ray in? Did it work just fine? Mm-hmm. Then why do you need a <laughs> refund? Yeah. Like, oh, I was gonna hang that DVD on my wall, and I wanted to make sure that it had the proper art on it. What do you guys got? Um, you got James. Uh, Paul Lieberstein might be leaving the office, and he's been the showrunner for a while. A lot now. of people are leaving the office. Uh, and the interesting thing is, yeah, as you allude to, um, a lot, pretty much all of the main people mm-hmm. have not actually signed contracts. Mindy Kaling and um, who's the Ed other Helms. person? Ed Helms. Uh, oh yeah, Ed Helms are possibly going are going over to this other show. Mindy Kaling has her own pilot that's going to start. Uh, which it. It looks like the office is gone. Yeah, I, I'd That's, be surprised actually if it continued after this year mm-hmm, because yeah. um, Jim was only <laughs> John Krasinski was only signed till this year, yeah. and so were a lot of them. So yeah, right. they're trying to develop the farm, the Dwight Schrute spinoff. Ugh, sounds like a horrible idea. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> that just that just died. <laughs> yeah, uh, and also, um, and this kind of makes me happy because I don't really want to hear fanboys splooging about bsg anymore but uh sci-fi passed on about the new battlestar galactica show blood and chrome and no really related to spartacus um <laughs> uh, so that's that's gonna die which probably means there will never again be battlestar galactica and i don't have to ever hear anyone talk about it ever again i love battlestar galactica do you not i've like never the, seen it do you, first no, two do you not like the show great oh. first two I've seasons i've never are seen great. a single episode of it my stepdad loves it. I think we actually yeah. didn't we buy a like a set of it for Christmas for him. Yeah, her stepdad loves it. I know that the one girl is on um, twenty four. Yeah, which one? Uh, Katie Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's the worst. Her character yeah, sucks in that season until she gets shot by Jack Bauer. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers. What season twenty four? Uh, the last season. Oh, oh, okay. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. That's all the news I have because we already cool. talked about everything else. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, I was going to talk about the turtles, but I knew you were going to talk about it. And then the clerk's thing. Uh-huh. So, yeah, you guys covered it all. Yeah. Ladies. S- ladies. Do you have any um, ladies. geek news for us? No. <laughs> awesome. So, what have we been watching? That's the last time we ever heard ladies. Um, <laughs> hey, guys, did you know in 2006, Michael Keaton and Robert Downey Jr. started a movie together? What? Was it Multiplicity? <laughs> no, it's called Game Six, which is re- revolves around... Um, Game six of the 1986 World Series. If you know anything about sports, it's um, the Buckner play, where ah. the, he's a Red Sox fan, and uh, it's actually a pretty good movie. Um, you can tell it's really cheap. In fact, I did some research about it, and I found out that Robert Downey Jr. and Michael Keaton got paid only a hundred dollars a day to be on this movie. Oh wow! Um, but it's a story about a playwright. Uh, Michael Keaton plays a playwright whose play is about to open uh, the same day Game six of the World Series is in New York. And he's a Boston Red Sox fan because they're losers. And he, uh, and it's about his whole day how he's trying to get to the – he wants to go to the game, but his play is opening. And uh, so he gets in and out of all these cabs, and he meets all these different cab drivers, and he tells them about his life. And uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. plays a guy named Steven Schwimmer, who is the, like, the meanest play uh, reviewer in New York City. And, I mean, he'll even go out to street – performers and just give him scathing reviews and no one knows who he is because he goes to the place and dresses up so you know the people don't know who he is and he carries a gun to the place and uh 
yeah, it's a really interesting um, movie. And yeah, it's it's a really, really low budget movie. But the performances are really good. Michael Keaton kills in the movie. And uh, and Robert Downey Jr. is not in it too much, but he plays it really well. And then uh, Catherine O'Hara is in it. Um, hmm. Who else She's is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Bebe Newworth is in it. And if you ever want to see her in lingerie... That's the movie you should check out. <laughs> and it, she like ripped off her clothes in her first scene. I'm like, what? <laughs> isn't isn't David Schwimmer the guy from Friends? It is. So he's playing a guy with the same name as the guy from Friends. Well, Stephen Schwimmer. Oh, okay. I thought you said David Schwimmer. Um, we'll so roll, yeah, we'll roll the tape back. If you guys, you know, want to borrow the DVD, check it out. The performances are really good. Um, and then I got Richard the Third, mm. which is an Ian McKellen like pet project. He was the screenwriter, the executive producer. And the star and the movie is really good, actually. Um, it's a really kind of it's kind of goofy um, because he plays Richard the Third. And if anybody doesn't know, it's based on Shakespeare's play, the Richard the Third. And it's about a guy who is not the king of England, but he wants to become one. So he murders everybody <laughs> in line for the throne. And uh, it's really bizarre because Ian McKellen, when he does uh, like his monologues, he talks to the audience so he breaks the fourth wall mm-hmm. so it's so and the camera is always like kind of following him so it's like you're following him as he's talking to you it's an interesting take and it takes place in the 1930s england hmm. and robert Downey jr dies getting a blowjob <laughs> spoilers <laughs> he's only in the movie for like the first 30 minutes like wait, heart attack or uh, no he gets he gets or? his sword like through his chest wait did he did someone just sneaks up on him a blowjob? oh yeah he's getting a blowjob and then from, he's like then McCallum? his sword goes through his chest and he's like ah, and he dies I want to see that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you really don't see her going on his knob, but no, no, I don't mean that. <laughs> I don't want to. No, I, mm, I like I said, I thought it was Ian McKellen, so I, I didn't want to see that at all. Oh, you mean it was Robert Downey Jr. and Ian McKellen because he's gay? Wow, James. Wow. No, no uh, that's not. Well, that is why I thought that. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I'm sure you guys saw the other two things I saw, but uh, I'll talk about Comic Book Men, because I thought this episode, week's episode of Comic Book Men was amazing. The finale. The finale. The, the of finale Man. of Comic Book Men. Um, we don't know if it's the last ever. Yeah, or... it might be the series finale. Of Hopefully Comic not, Man. because uh, as a show progressed, it got better every week. Yeah, yeah if, it could be, if it could be at that level every single week, it would be one of my favorite shows. And, I mean, I, I love the whole premise of them all getting tattoos. And uh, <laughs> oh, they all sat down and designed one. And Walt had this... He was talking about getting the New Jersey <laughs> Devils um, logo tattooed on him because they won the Stanley Cup. And then when they were sitting down and picking their lo- uh, their tattoos, Walt drew this, like, demonic Satan, <laughs> like, with a its tongue wrapped around the Stanley Cup. I'm like, it's not even close. <laughs> he was, like, obsessed with the idea that all tattoos should be, like, yeah. demonic Satanic. and metal and just the most badass yeah. thing because he just wants it to be intimidating. The badass, so they make a pact that they should all go get these tattoos. And uh, um, Steve Johnson, just his little Brian niece. Johnson. Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson, sorry. Brian Johnson, his <sighs> little niece, loves zombies. So he designed a little zombie girl that looks like his niece riding a tricycle that he's getting on his arm. And my favorite line in the whole uh, episode was Walt says, dude, you can't get a dead girl on your arm. Once you get that, there's no going back. (laughs) And uh, so that was pretty funny. And then this girl came into the comic book shop and she said, my boyfriend is a huge Spider-Man fan and I want to get him the ultimate Spider-Man, not the comic book, the ultimate Spider-Man story. 
And Walt takes her over, and he takes her over to the wall, and the first two issues they show is the death of Gwen Stacy and the death of the Green Goblin. And what's funny is when they cut back to them at the table, he says something about, like, you know, I've, I've been in situations like this before, and, you know, you want to be careful that you don't take advantage of somebody. And then uh-huh. he takes them to maybe the two most important... Oh, like, they're man. not the most expensive, but in my mind, they should be. Absolutely. Two most important issues in Spider-Man. being a huge fan of Spider-Man, um, I think the death of Gwen Stacy is really tragic. But my favorite, favorite issue of Spider-Man of all time is the death of the Green Goblin. Because, and Walt said it in that episode, everything I've said about the issue he said for me was, you know, uh, Gwen Stacy's killed and the Spider-Man goes on a rampage looking for the Green Goblin. He gets to, he finds the Green Goblin. He's going to beat the Green Goblin to death. And then he realizes in amazing art and amazing writing that if I kill the Green Goblin, I'm no better than the Green Goblin. And I, even though it pains me and I am to honor Gwen Stacy's memory, I can't kill the Green Goblin. And then the Green Goblin is going to kill Spider-Man. He ends up impelling himself with his Goblin Glider. And Walt relays the story and tells him how it's so romantic. And uh, and I'm like, he's just saying everything I've ever said about this issue. And that he picked that as his favorite Spider-Man issue? Dude. I, I was I was seriously like tears were rolling down my eyes. I'm like, it is. It's the greatest Spider-Man story ever. No, you're crying because she got a and deal then, on yeah, it. Yeah, he sells <laughs> it for a buck fifty. Yeah, but then he sold both issues for 150 bucks. That's unbelievable. I was like, if this show was live, I'd call Walt. And be like, dude, I'll give you 300 bucks for those. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this chick and her dumbass boyfriend. <laughs> Who's gonna get him and be like, oh, dude, cool, some old Spider-Man. Books. But it was great too when they that all three of them Ming. Um, Brian and Mike show up at the tattoo shop and Walt doesn't answer his phone, mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't show up. And then they cut back to where they do like the podcast and Walt reveals his evil plan <laughs> about how he's like, dude, I was totally lying to you guys. And then when you think back to his tattoo design, you're like, dude, how did I not see him totally <laughs> fucking with these guys? Oh, yeah. His tattoo design was bizarre. Yeah, absolutely. I particularly like this episode A because Ryan always talks about Death of Gwen Stacy and has a tattoo of it. And it's so fun. There was a part where they were talking about when they were getting the tattoos that there a guy had a, a Calvin and Hobbes tattoo and it was really lame. Guess who has a Calvin and Hobbes tattoo? Ryan Frost. I have a stupendous man tattoo. His Calvin's alter ego when his babysitter comes over. I, I just thought it was funny because like, they're all like, you can't get like lame, nerdy tattoos. And I'm just thinking of every tattoo my husband has. <laughs> yeah. I think I think, what, three of them out of 11 are not nerdy? Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> Well, the Daisy is pretty nerdy. <laughs> the yeah, Daisy is pretty bit. gay. <laughs> but I did that for my wife because I love her. And yet there's just hatred in his eyes right now. <laughs> just look at him. Ugh. Yeah. And then, of course, the other big thing um, I'm sure you both saw was the finale of The Walking Dead. Yeah. Brad, you, did you see the finale? I did. You did? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it was uh, zombie-rific. Yeah, it was. Um, it was pretty good. A lot of burning, a lot of running. Yeah. It's weird to me that they didn't cast Michonne earlier and have actual Michonne in that scene. Mm-hmm. Spoilers for, sorry, I'm too, but honestly at this point, come Did on. Did you watch The Talking Dead afterwards? No, I didn't. I still haven't seen it. Uh, it's really good because they have Kirkman and um, Mazzara on the show with yeah. Lori Holden who plays um, Andrea. And they announced this actress who played her, who's yeah. playing her. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, th- that was the biggest, well... There's three big reveals in this season finale, and um, 
One was Michonne, and that's how she makes her appearance in the comic book. Not mm-hmm. the same circumstances, no. but but with two armless, two armless zombies. zombies. Of her, which oh, is just, it's just badass. Why, way, why is that like that? That seems like the stupidest thing you can do. Why does she have two armless yeah. zombies? Yeah. Because that way they don't know that she's human. Yeah. She always smells like a zombie, and they can't do anything to her. I mean, they they could well, walk up behind her and bite her. Well, they, what they didn't show in the in the TV show is they're missing their arms, and she ripped off their bottom jaws, too. Yeah. So you cannot see that. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, and I thought that in the comic that they weren't. It wasn't just a chain; that it was a pole, so they couldn't actually get close to her. But uh, I might be maybe. remembering that wrong. I, I, I don't sure. remember. Um, so in my head, that just makes more sense anyway. So maybe that's why I'm thinking. So that was a big reveal. Um, and the second one is everybody's infected with the zombie virus. Well, we knew that last episode. Well. But they actually talked. They about confirmed it. it they confirmed it. Well, well they yeah. confirmed what the scientists. What the said. scientists said, but you know. Oh right, yeah, they were. That's but right. But everybody's infected, so I mean, it's probably not an airborne thing. Maybe it is, mm-hmm. but I mean, it might just be. Hell is full. Some sort of mutation. Who knows? And then the last shot of the episode is the prison. Yeah. Which is great. It's weird because it made me realize that that. To some extent, I can't fully enjoy this show the way that I would enjoy a normal show because. I feel like I'm always, you know, now that we've had Shane die, I'm always looking to, okay, what's that next big thing? What's that next big reveal? Once we get to the jail, what happens that, you know, like I know what that next big beat is that they have to hit. Um, and so it's it was it was weird. It yeah, sort but of feels I also like think the show's really clever on kind of not doing those beats when you expect them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, We're so not, and not the way that I expect them to. Um, yeah, and... I, I think Rick was really good in this episode. Um, yeah, that last speech he gives. What is off. his wife's problem? Yeah, I know. Why is his <laughs> wife pissed? I never got that. I'm like, why is she mad at him? Because he killed Shane. Yeah, but fuck Shane. He tried and, to kill him. And because, and because she's realizing that, like... It's her fault. Yeah, she got Shane all no, riled up again. You're not, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I think they just wanted to leave some tension there, and they'll fix it. Yeah. He was busting his balls. I know. Only when she's doing just, anything right. She's just pregnant <laughs> and moody. That was wrong. Maybe <laughs> Shane was a great lay. Nah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, that's not it. Anyway, that show was good, and this season, I think, as a whole, was, was stronger than the first season. Yeah, it was um, good. I mean, it ended stronger. Yeah. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. I still cringed a lot of the lines and some of the cliches, but... Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's better than a lot of the crap out there. Yeah. Oh, a lot of melodrama. Which, uh, Michonne, I should let you check out my new issue of Playboy, because they have Michonne's origin. In that in that Playboy, written by Robert Kirkman and drawn, it's like a Weird. little ten page Walking Dead right in the middle of Playboy. Weird. So you can see where why would they publish it? They, uh, anyway, I have no idea. But you can read it. Cool. It actually was um, apparently one of the most popular Playboys of this year, next to the Lindsay Lohan one. It was a huge deal. Man, magazines are the most dying medium out there, which is sad. They will go before newspapers. Someone's phone's on. I just got that feedback thing. Uh, well, my phone's on, but it's over here in this pocket. Can you say that last thing again so I can just cut it out? <laughs> what? Uh, something about magazines, m- magazines dying. It doesn't need to be in the podcast. Or you just leave this all out. You know, who cares? Okay. <laughs> Sweet. So that's everything I saw this week, guys. What have you been watching, Brad? Uh, that was it, really. Um, I haven't been able to stay home and watch anything for more than... <laughs> I've been watching reruns of The Office. Nice. Me too. Yeah. Man, that show was good. Anyway, um, I don't really have anything uh, new to talk about. This is all stuff we've talked about before. But Touch came back this week uh, with the second episode, which was actually really good. I was sort of afraid. I loved that first episode, but I was afraid that it wasn't going to be able to 
keep that same sort of sentiment up. Um, I thought it was a good episode. Like it even feels like the the sort of side stories that they tell felt a bit more connected this time. Hmm. Uh, and the little the the moments when there are links between characters felt a little bit more organic. Um, and who's the showrunner? Tim Kring, something like that. Tim Keen Kring. Yeah, Tim Kring. Yeah. Uh, I read an interview with him in Playboy, and he said that he's purposely making each episode kind of standalone. Yeah. Because he said the biggest problem he ran into when he was making Heroes is he made it too hard for people to watch Ugh. after a little bit. That so was that's not, that I've was never not. seen this Heroes. I have no idea. I found it that hard to watch the after the first episode. <laughs> Burn. Oh, mm. man. With all the talent that was on that show, it is a shame. Man, I would love a show from like Tim Tim Sale and those guys. But yep. Nope. Uh, and then the other thing was Awake, uh, which I've still been watching. Uh, I haven't talked about it since the pilot. But that show, this is episode three or four. I can't remember now. Um, but it's still like the, that. it's a high-concept premise. And they have kept it up and kept me interested uh, throughout this whole beginning. And it's it's pretty good. Um, so you guys should check it out. The show. They're not going to. They never check out what I thought. I saw them. the first episode of it. Yeah, it's cool. Man, I don't, want, I don't Netflix, want Kyle Gillen to lose out. another show. It'll be sad. Cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, and the um, I didn't talk about this news, but it seems like... Uh, everybody on the river is acting like that show is going to get canceled and Netflix is talking like they're going to pick it up, which I don't know why. It's another sign that the CEO at Netflix does not, it's just gone insane because <laughs> his premise for creating new content just for people who have Netflix is to go and buy all the shows that no one is watching and waste money producing them. Like I, I'm, <laughs> I would be fine with seeing another season of the river, but obviously I'm in, a, in the minority, but especially Terra Nova that that show needs to die like yeah but at the same time though you're i mean netflix if you're you're basically paying for a premium cable channel so it's being paid for with all the subscribers so who gives a shit if no one watches it then they just won't make it again yeah but i i mean especially since they're trying to get this stuff off the ground doing some fresh stuff like lilyhammer or something like that yeah, makes I, more I sense too, to they're me trying to appeal to uh fanboys though because i mean uh, I can see that. shows like that you know will bring the culture that can spread it uh via blogs and stuff but the problem is that they're not picking up the ones that necessarily are forming cults, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they're picking up the ones that are kind of weak. Like, like The River, I think, it, like, I like that show sort of because I think at, the, at its core it would be good, but unfortunately because it's made by the Paranormal Activity guys, like, the whole found footage thing is just junky. So there, like, it there gets are a bunch the of scenes where things are just moving and they're not where people left them. My no, canteen wasn't over there. It's, that's the thing. It's not that kind of stuff that's wrong with it. It's the fact that, like, there's just always a camera somewhere where there needs to be whereas if they just filmed it like the office or something like that or or filmed it documentary style like friday night lights or <clears throat> the hunger games um then it, they wouldn't have to make a point about it they could just focus on these characters but they have to make excuses for the camera so often that mm. it, it takes away from the show but um anyway it's just There's weird a camera everywhere in the hunger games in weird places that's well but no, no, no it's different because they're not said. the hunger games doesn't make excuses for the uh, it does in, well hunger games is so shot this this style. week we saw the hunger games um brad what did you think of the hunger games um i really want to watch battle royale right now <laughs> james what you think of the hunger games it is amazing that a movie about kids killing each other can be as languid and boring as this piece of crap is sierra what you think of the hunger I games i did not care for it <laughs> <laughs> into the mic sierra did not care for it. <laughs> Laura? What do you think, Laura? 
Um, I thought it was all right, but I think I need to read the book because I wasn't. I was kind of bored a little bit. Uh, I was kind of bored fifty pages into the book when I put it down. So. Or that's like well, I think it's free right now for Amazon Prime. Oh well, if you can read it for free, then it's just a waste of time. And I think it's one of the best movies of the year. That's a lie. It is not a lie. <laughs> Wait, really? Yes. Roll you trailer. really love it? Yeah. All right. Cool. This is going to be You're good. You're kidding me. <laughs> no, 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 no. Are you kidding no, me? No, 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 no. This is exciting. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Roll the trailer. You want to see what I got you today? It's a Mockingjay pen. As long as you have it, nothing bad will happen to you. I promise. Welcome and happy Hunger Games. I just love that. Ladies first. I volunteer as tribute. You're stronger than they are. It's 24 of a scale, only one comes out. Take care of them, get whatever you do, don't let them start. Hit the 17, the girl on What did you say to your sister when you volunteered at the reaping? I told her that I would try to win for her. And try you will. I just keep wishing I could think of a way to show them that they don't own me. I'm gonna die. I wanna still be me. I just can't afford to think like that. No, I did. I really I thought the movie was good. What? I, yeah, I th- You're screwing with us just to make this more interesting. No, I'm not. I really I'm not. Oh my god. No, this is ah, oh, this is awesome. Okay, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I thought the story was really interesting. I thought the actors were thousands of times better than most of the um, crap you see. Um, I thought Donald Sutherland was amazing as the villain in it. Um, I thought I thought the movie, even though sometimes that documentary style gets annoying, I thought it was shot in a really cool way where... Um, you were able to understand all that? Yeah. Moving around? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, no, no. I, I actually agree with what you're saying about the way it's shot with the exception of the violence. Like... I think that when they get to actual action, they get so shaky that I don't know what's going on, and it 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 castrates. Yeah, the, I, I the, read the edginess of this story. I read an interview with the director, and he did that on purpose because he had to get a PG thirteen rating. He can, the Dark Knight has a PG thirteen rating. He can get a PG thirteen. Yeah, rating. but the Dark Knight though too. I mean, people always point, uh, you know, say that you know the uh, the the pencil part, but you never ever see him come close to jamming it in there. It's all in your head what you see because. No, but He's there's like, like there's people getting shot with shotguns and stuff like that. Like there's yeah, intense, there's no... scary moments. I mean, I, I I see what you're saying. Like if he wanted to have, like, I I just don't think that those are sh- are shot in a way that is intense or that get across the fact that these are kids killing each other. I think that the movie gets sort of yeah, um, but I I too th- I mean I point. think that the movie has um, I mean the way it was presented I thought was really um powerful i thought you know these kids forced to do this and you know the the whole the scene where they're um pulling names out when i saw the trailer i'm like oh this is feels like so cliched and yeah i couldn't get it but like the way it was shot and the way it was presented was nobody celebrating nobody likes it the only people that are celebrating are the people that are so um uh removed from the kids that have to do this I thought was interesting. I mean, the people, that, the ones that I actually have to put in the games are the ones that feel it. And the people who sponsor it and watch it are the ones that, it's because it's presented in TV, to me, it feels like they don't believe that it's a bad thing and yeah. that it's entertainment. And 
but you could see it on the faces of the actors that live in the different districts that they're the ones who have to bear the burden of their kids going away and you know uh elizabeth banks character where she comes out and she's all peppy and she's uh i forget the line of whatever she was saying but you know but when the people are picked no one's celebrating yeah the only people that celebrate are the people that make money off of these children and to me i thought that was i thought it was powerful and i thought it had a really um i don't know the right word but like they just ha- it had a really um somber tone to it and no one wanted this and i i i thought i, I thought it was a good movie i totally see what you're saying and i i i agree with you in a lot of places especially about the acting that i feel like there is there are a lot of times when the dialogue, when the things that are happening is just just too silly. It's too overwrought. Yeah, but There's too many little holes in there, but the people like Jennifer Lawrence and the other people of that caliber that are in the movie pull a lot of that off. Yeah, especially too- especially in that scene you're talking about. Like I saw that in the trailer and I'd read the book and in the book I was just like this is so cliché and stupid. And then when that scene happened, and like when that little, when her, the girl playing Prim, mm-hmm. when she screams, I was like, "All right, yes, okay." And I was, I was in the movie in that moment. Um, but my problem is, is that every time that I start getting into this movie, that part there, when you meet Woody Harrelson and that, and all of that, it, it'll start to build up, and I start to get sucked in, and then they do something that's so out there, or or so boring and stupid that then it pulls me back in. You know, either it's fire wings or hey uh josh hutcherson go over there and throw that thing across the room and isn't that going to be an intense scene like it's just you think it's gonna be called back later in the movie and it's not yeah yeah which i i think that that's probably because it's all coming from a book that there are stuff that they they set up stuff that they think is important and that they have to get across because it's for fans but that that takes away from from the pacing and the momentum of it as a movie see to me though that's she says that you know um Peta, you're you're the strong one, but he's not. He's not the strong one. The strong person is Katniss. She's the one who's who's the best with the bow and arrow. She's the strongest one out of all of them. And um, some of the lines, she, I think she would when she got that um, gift from somebody to you know soup, that she made a conscious effort to play with this guy, saying, "Well, if they want to see me, snuggle with him, kiss him, like pretend that I love him, so I can get more gifts and help my cause." and help us get out of here. I think that's what the whole point of it was. Cause they also said, uh, you're the smartest one here. So to me as a character, that's a choice she made as a character is I think she was just playing with that guy. I don't really think. No. That... Oh yeah. I, no, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So to me, I, I, I thought the movie was really good. I really did. And what I, I always liked about it more than let's say the twilight movies, Whoa. because I've watched them all is <laughs> yeah. one. The acting is 30,000 times better. Absolutely. The, the filmmakers are so much better at what they have because that movie I mean it costs I mean 80 million dollars is a lot of money but when you have Twilight movies it costs 150 million dollars so Gary Ross who made this movie who also made a couple other great movies Seabiscuit Pleasantville if uh, he he knew that these dogs would not look good in CG so if you notice he doesn't keep on them a long time and he keeps it moving whereas when you watch in darkness yeah Yeah. and, and when you watch twilight they keep on those stupid fucking wolves yeah and the wolves talk and it's you know and it just seems so silly and i think when you get better actors and better filmmakers that the movie is way better but at the same time i feel like especially in that first 20 30 minutes or so um the costumes the set design it all feels not disingenuous it doesn't it doesn't feel real you know the 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 world itself does not feel 
lived in and realistic. There's so much stuff there that feels like um, it, it. It feels like it's set up for the premise, not because, but but it isn't a real world. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't feel like I don't understand how this world can have so many rules and so much infrastructure that would be required to have this thing going on that I just, I don't buy the premise itself. That's, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, at at the very core of the story is that, but at the same time, you know, I, I would start getting in, like, I like Katniss as as a character. I really do. Um, I mean, I think that the movie has momentum issues and, and just throws in these things that are weird that pull me out of the movie. Um, but my problem is, is that they build up a lot of this, or at least I feel like they want to build this story about, her refusing to ever kill anyone in the games, but they they don't commit to that. They they either give her excuses where like she kills people with bees, well she didn't really kill them, or she shoots the guy with the arrow, but maybe it was just self defense there, and you know maybe it was a reflex action. She didn't really mean to do it. Um, when we get to the climax of the movie, I want her to actually make a choice and either not kill that guy or kill that guy. And I feel like they completely cop out, and and I don't well, I don't get him. any kind of no she How doesn't she shoots him in the hand, the boy because he's got balls kills the bad guy well, and she then shot she, him when the dogs were eating her but she did but then it's a mercy to, thing to it's yeah. not yeah she doesn't make a choice there she still killed him so there isn't there isn't any growth <laughs> in her character as far as I'm concerned, um I mean that's that's my biggest problem I would say from this of this movie from a character standpoint is just that there. Nothing actually happens with her character. I don't see her actually get strong and become this hero that I want her to be. She was always strong. No. <laughs> I, I, no, no. It was set up with her uh, mother, who was the weak one, and she had to take care of her little daughter, her little sister. And uh, Yeah, so, so the idea should be that by the end she, we see her becoming that person who is willing to do something uh, about what's going on, and she's not, like... Even in the end, when she gets back on the train, she says, like, I just want to go home and forget. And I'm like, no, you can't be that character. Because then she is her mother. She but just wants can, to go home and forget. It just makes forget. her weak by the end of the movie. Exactly. It, it, not, it's not, like a reverse growth. Like, she's already awesome, and then she just regresses yeah. into, which I guess maybe is what the other two books are, her becoming more like those elitist people. I don't know. I, I guess so. But Following I, their game, playing I, up the whole fake romance thing. Uh, well, I, see, to me, uh, what I got from the ending is that Donald Sutherland's going to go after her. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, I can't see you saying that Donald Sutherland was this great villain because he's in like a couple Four scenes. scenes. <laughs> yeah, but still. You I don't mean, spouting they're good, they're typical villain scenes. lines. They're good scenes and they're well acted. I like they, you. They feel like excuses. But if you don't do plot. what I say, I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. Don't make and me regret this. The bees. Why couldn't they just be bees? It was stuff like that. Because you it was can like, generate uh, artificial life in this world, so why not make them fake bees? Well, you can, you can make fake things. mammals. Yeah. <laughs> you can genetically engineer bees. But in a world where they can genetically uh, engineer bees, why can't they have more food? food. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the, the the crux of my problem with this world. Like, well, I they can do understand. have food, just not the other districts. Remember just that part where they're setting the entire arrow. forest on fire, and then the fire was just gone. For <laughs> well, that's that's because it was holographic fire. <laughs> Like, I understand that they are inside a holodeck, even though they never say it. It's like Truman Show, but way better. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I was expecting by the Still end... Still boring. <laughs> I was expecting that by the end, she was going to have inspired these people to rebel. And then She when, did, District 11. 
Right, but they they put that down. And then they stopped it, and then, then everything's back to normal. Here's the thing: I I was expecting that they she was gonna win, or or she and and uh, that that guy with a foot for a face was gonna they were gonna win, and then uh, yeah. like there wasn't gonna be any announcement or anything, and they were gonna have to Truman Show style go to the edge and find a door and get out and realize that they had collapsed this entire universe, like that they had caused. But well, that's gonna happen because there's two more books. No, I understand that, but. I wanted some kind of resolution by the end of this, and I don't feel like I got any. But you had fun. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Waiting for somebody to say something else. I mean, I've already said why I like the movie. Everyone else is free to talk. (laughs) This is sort of, like, this is kind of off topic, I guess. Like, I thought the movie was all right. I really feel like I need to read the book, which brings up this point. Why does every good popular book have to become a movie because it makes money why is that they want to build franchises but they ruin good books they don't ruin good books they have no 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 no. the book is still there what what book good book have they ruined lately well like are you talking about twilight no like (laughs) my i guess like my biggest example is one of my favorite books of all time is memoirs of a geisha and the movie completely missed the point completely missed it then then don't watch that movie i feel like every (laughs) book movie i watch Except like, for Harry Potter. No, mm, those movies Harry are Potter, horrible. Harry Potter, I guess it w- they were good, but it wasn't, I don't know. You can't ever fully capture a movie, which you can in literature, I guess. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, they're two different mediums. And you have to, when translating from one to the other, you have to know which things to pick and which things not to pick. And you have to know what themes are important and which ones aren't. Um I can understand it. Like a, a movie like Memoirs of the Vagacia that's that's all drama is going to be really really hard. Um, but a movie that is just a action movie about kids killing each other, I feel like should be easy. Um, I f- I feel like the premise there is simple enough that it shouldn't be that hard. Um, you said something great after the movie about um, that one kid who got his neck snapped, and the audience was like shocked yeah, that the audience gasped. Why are you when surprised? He got his head snapped. You walked into a this, movie about kids killing each other. Yeah, the premise here that that was the thing that bugged me. I was like, the premise here is that these kids kill each other, and I never felt like they were really killing each other. Well, like they sugarcoated it. All it, the corpses were really pretty, and there wasn't a whole lot of blood. And except for the corpse where the chick was stung to death. Well, even then, yeah. like, <laughs> and then if you have you ever seen someone who has a lot of like a lot of stings on their face, their face does you? not look like that. <laughs> like it's every like I they, saw Bear Girls get stung in the face by one little bee, and his whole face was swollen like a sick bird's ass. Yeah, exactly. Like every so, I think the next snap was the only one where you're like, oh shit, people are actually dying. Right. Because all the other ones, it was like, um, like Rue, for instance. You saw like a look on her face and like, oh, she got hit clearly. And then she pulls it out and there's just a little bit of blood, which me, maybe because I'm like a medicine person, I like there'd be way more blood than that. Again, they can't do it for the rating. No, yeah, I understand. I understand they can do it for the rating. And I I, I just feel like the way that they shoot it makes it it it, like I said, I think it castrates the movie entirely because I don't think it I don't think it allows it to build tension and put our characters at risk. It just leaves us with like, oh, well, his leg is broken for now until he needs to run away from the dogs at least. And they're stuck in this cave uh, just waiting for everyone else to die off. And then they'll, you know, run to the end and there'll be this really anti-feminist ending where the boy saves the girl. And then we'll go home. And I I just, I can't understand it. all right, here's the question, Ryan. Sir. Do you want to read the book now? Uh, 
maybe. I'm disturbed that it's young... for free on my Kindle, maybe. Or, or at I'm, least I'm, I'm reading could, a Star Wars book right now. You could probably that. jump into the second one. You know, would yeah. you do that? Maybe. Okay. It's free. I'm kind of yeah. disturbed that young children, like uh, children, actually uh, absorb this think story. It's more disturbing than that. Oh, well, uh, definitely for I sure. Think, but I think, it's more I, I think kids about kids books about kids well, I mean, killing each other makes total sense to me. Is, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I mean, like, I, was I was forced to read that in. It's a great book, though. School. It is. Yeah. I was thinking about this earlier today. When Piggy dies. When I was the age <laughs> that his brain that most out. kids. When I was the age that most kids are who are reading these books now, I was reading books like The Hunger Games. Or not. Blah, I was reading books like Ender's Game, uh, which is like a really good science fiction Have book. Have read his. Uh, where there are people Iron dying. Man. It's really good. I haven't read his Orson Iron Man. Scott Card. Is really? It's really good, yeah. When did you write Iron Man? Uh, Like six years ago. It's The Invincible Iron Man Volume 2 or something. It's really oh, good. I'll have to pick it up. You should. Yeah, because his, his second book, the second Ender's Game book, Speaker for the Dead, is one of my favorite books In of fact, all time. In fact, I think the new Iron Man 3 is based off his story from Ooh. The Invincible Iron Man, where Iron Man becomes, Tony Stark becomes Iron Man. Like his, it's hard to describe, but like the actual Iron Man becomes Tony Stark. Where he like grows with it, you'd have to read it. It's crazy, yeah. but it's good. Let's pick it up. You should. Anyway, what yeah, I was saying fantastic. was like I, I feel like those books are written by a master and are really great science fiction, and that this is derivative science fiction. Um, it's just I don't get it, and and I don't think the movie works. But Ryan likes it. Yep. Cool. I'm okay with it. I mean, I wasn't offended by it. Sierra, you haven't said anything? Uh, Well, I mean, I I thought the story was okay, but I just had such a hard time focusing on it because of the the, um, shaky camera. I couldn't Mm -hmm. focus on anything going on in the movie because I was just trying to interpret what was actually going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And with the book thing, I mean, I kind of feel like it was so clear that this was from a book and you had to have some background knowledge of the book. Mm-hmm. Whereas even with Twilight, I understood everything that was going on and I've never read <laughs> a page of that. Yeah, because <laughs> like, it's shallow. It's right. shallow. There's not, yeah. But even, yeah. but even yeah. for example, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I feel that the b- uh, movie, even though it's very similar to the book, stands apart from the book and holds mm. itself. Whereas this, I feel mm. like, is probably more reliant on the book and I haven't read the book and I just felt like I was missing pieces of the movie mm-hmm. and I couldn't fully appreciate it for that reason because there were certain parts where I just there was no explanation for it and they never mentioned it again and I just knew that there was something else to it that I just didn't know for example when they were assigning numbers to them and Katniss got an 11 and that was just like oh that's great I don't know what it means or what it did or yeah so, there's no re- frame of reference like exactly the first few well, got so. eights and nines i was like yeah. is that the low like, score or the high score yeah yeah like i was <laughs> expecting like rue to get a two or something like that yeah. oh they were going to be mm-hmm. undervaluing her or something or that you know that that uh bread boy was going to get a two you know something like that but there were there were never it was all like eights to elevens yeah and so, so then when they announced hers i was expecting like a one or something because yeah. obviously for the story she's gonna get the best one because it's convenient oh, no, I and then it's like 11 that. and like oh 11 is the high score yeah no i knew i knew she was gonna get 11 because i knew she was gonna get a high score but i knew they they the thing about these books and part of why i put them down was that they were always cliche but not cliche not all the way cliche you know, so she wouldn't give her a twelve because that would be cliche. So she'll give her an eleven. Yeah. Like I, I could have laid twenty dollars on that. Yeah. I just knew it. 
So I just, yeah, I mean, there's certain elements that to me there was a disconnect, and I know that some people in the audience knew what was going on, and maybe they appreciated it more, whereas yeah. I just couldn't. And another, what was the other piece that I just, uh, and also one thing when they were in the killing field, if you will, um, <laughs> when the people better, were dying, a better off, movie than this one. When fields. when the people were dying off, I mean, I had lost count about how many people had died. And I think this was just me personally, but I would have liked to have known like at what point so I could continue to strategically think in my mind, like Katniss, oh, you know, she's got this many more to worry about, but I, I didn't know how many people were left and I didn't know where she was and I didn't know, you know, what the importance was for her. I mean, at that point, you know, was, if there are two people left, then you're doing okay. If there's eight people left, then I don't know. That was just my kind of personal preference. Yeah, like the cannons weren't happening all the time. I mean, I just, for me, it was a little bit harder to follow because I didn't have that previous knowledge. Yeah. So, and again, the shaking really bothered me. <laughs> like, like, really bothered me. I, yeah. I, I, mean, think, I, I think that the shaking and the shaking to me is beneficial in the parts like at the beginning when they're setting up this world because it, it's supposed to make it feel like it's really happening, like it's a documentary. But it's just, yeah. Right. And that makes sense, too, with kind of the action because, oh, like, lots of stuff is going on. But even but when it's they not, were... it's not born identity level where it's like, this feels real and I'm st seeing what's going on and it's mm -hmm. impressive. It's just shaky. Right. And I can't see what's going on. Right. And I would like to see, I would, you know, this like this utopia world. I want to be able to see it. And they're showing, like, these people in these amazing hairdos and makeup and I can't really see them. Yeah. You know? Because everything's f moving or I mean, out of focus or, yeah. yeah. I mean... I, I think, think that's because you're supposed to relate to Katniss and you're not supposed to see but like even that, that's like oh, yeah. the, the world that n these people can never be a part of. I even at one point, I think when she was going Maybe. out on stage for the interview, I remember thinking like the cool thing about this is that they are always doing this from her point of view. Mm -hmm. Like they're filming this to, to, to let us into how she feels in this moment. And I thought that that was really smart. I think it's part of why I like her as a character. Um, I just, everything was building up to this promise of like, and then they're going to run out in this field and kill each other. And then that doesn't happen. So, I mean, I, that really is the part where I, I, it just falls apart for me. I'm like, you, you promised me this bill of goods and I didn't get to see <laughs> one boy choke another one to death or kill one with a brick or just, you know, there's even a point where they sort of, they sort of intimate that the one kid rapes the other kid. The, no, when the when, <laughs> no, 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 because I, I don't remember. No, no, that. when they when the when the group of four kids comes across that girl who's building the fire, right? The the main guy like walks away from the group of ki the group of bullies, right? He walks forward and then like puts his sword down and then like moves in to loom over her and then you just hear her hear her scream for a while and then there's a I cannon and i was like that murder is occurring not <laughs> yeah. no, yeah. no, 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 no i was, was like murder. no because he gets rid of all of his weapons and i was well, like well maybe he wanted to like you know like bare hands it like oh, okay <laughs> yeah, i don't know okay. yeah no it it maybe i didn't watch too much dragon tattoo i don't yeah, know right. it was it was watching him banana before you wait it's an aqua teen yeah nice oh tonight back tonight you Oh, man. <laughs> Me. Tonight. Ring you. <laughs> what do you mean that? Well, I do, I do have to say, oh, hand, do you think this is a good, I guess, because like, I love books that are like utopia, dystopia kind of books and stories. Do you think this is a good portrayal of that? Or do you think that there's more that they could have done to make it more, I don't know, involve you in the world and really make you realize that it's a dystopia? I think the deepest I, part of the movie was the fact that about 50% of the scenes in the movie are just people eating. 
<laughs> um, in a movie called The Hunger Games. I I think um, I think it it fits fairly well into the more traditional dystopian movies, uh, Zamyatin's We, uh, Brave New World, those ones. Um, your modern dystopia where it's a where it's built to feel like this is fifty years away or a hundred years away, and that. Uh, this is a plausible some, somewhere where we from here could plausibly get there. I don't think it works. Uh, it's it's more set up, you know, like Zombie Mountains. We is is he has this idea and he has a thing that he wants to say, and so he builds the entire world around that idea. And it's more about getting that that message across than it is necessarily um, making us feel like we are in that place. Um, and again, that's part of my problem is that I don't I don't see a plausible world there, you know. Yeah. I do. I mean, I found the story interesting as a whole, and I, I mean, w- maybe you would or wouldn't want to read the book, but will you go see the next movies? No. No. I'm going to. <laughs> and guess what? This is my show, so these fuckers have to come along. <laughs> I thought this was an easy one. I hope yeah. Spider-Man Two comes out the same week, so we won't have to see it. <laughs> I am totally making you see Transformers Four now. Oh, I was going to see it anyways. Oh, you made right. me see fucking Twilight. <laughs> I am totally... Nah, I don't know if I can make you see Twilight. Five, I think it's four. the only thing that comes out that day. Whatever. <laughs> Man, if the world ends the day before that, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Is it really the day before that? No, it's it's in November again. Oh, okay. Man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I want to discover if Bella as a vampire is still a vapid bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah. I am curious. I no, want to know. Did, I'm pretty sure actually, the line of dialogue, we're both the same temperature now, is the worst romance line <laughs> in the history of dirt. But you know what's funny, though? I want to see your eating deer. more deer. life in the voiceover for that trailer than in the whole series. Yeah. yeah. So she could finally live now that she's dead. And also, this is a story about Bella, and the preview (laughs) featured her not really. Like, (laughs) your main character not really in the preview. You know what? I totally (laughs) just did the tagline for the movie. Now that she's dead, she can finally live. I hate you. (laughs) Magic. That's That's something lame that they would put on their posters. No, that's what I'm saying. That's something stupid. Because what was the one for Breaking Dawn, Forever Ends, or what was it? Do you remember what? No, I don't yeah. remember. That's why I'm asking you guys. Yeah, like we would remember. I tried really hard to forget, forget Ryan. <laughs> Forever is balls. Forever really... is balls. <laughs> it, yeah. Tagline. Actually, that, yeah. that sounds perfect. That was my tagline. That's, that's about right for marriage, I think. Yeah. That's, so that's forever, right <laughs> forever is balls. Not fair marriage. <laughs> uh, anyways, next week we'll be seeing Wrath of the Titans, starring my favorite actor, Sam Worthington. Um, False. He is amazing. Lies. How come Ray Fiennes and Liam Neeson are in this movie? Awesome. <laughs> Anyways, Sam Worthington well, just... would work for me if he didn't talk. No, he's not even that attractive. Well, you don't like dudes, so uh, I don't think you get a I like ah. attractive men. Ah, Laura, Laura got that argument. One. <laughs> yeah. And I like cool guys. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you how many times this past two weeks that I found Robert Downey Jr. videos on my front step from Amazon? <laughs> Every fucking day. Uh, twice this week, honey. Thanks. Now you're losing your argument. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I go to look on our account and every, every charge is Amazon Marketplace. Hey, they're only like five bucks. I think Game 6 cost me four seventy four on Amazon. Dude, what? It's like the cheapest looking DVD, too. When you see like the menu, you can see the... the 
um, like the rough edges from the computer pixelation. It's <laughs> when you take bad. it out of the di- out of the case, does it look like it's just somebody's burned copy of the DVD? Because <laughs> well, so no, I don't think there's. I don't remember if there's any art on it. I think it just has the like that band around. It. It's like side right. A widescreen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, you can follow us on Twitter, real underscore nerds. Hey, if you've been checking out the last couple of weeks, Brad's been putting up some cool pictures. You can yeah. also email us directly, realnerds at gmail dot com. Like us on Facebook. And you can follow our awesome blogs at realnerds.tumblr.com. And that uh, iPhone app we announced last week? Uh, yeah, it's expensive as shit to put it on. <laughs> yeah, so that, <laughs> that's not happening after, uh, for a while. For a while. When we, we um, get some advertisements or you know more people like us on Facebook, then maybe we can do it. I don't know. How expensive is it to get it on Android? 25 bucks. Oh, okay, well, let's just do that. I got an Android. Fuck I've got you an guys. iPhone. I want to use the iPhone version. Fuck <laughs> you guys. Wow. Wow. I'm just saying. No, so I don't want to put it on Android. Screw you, James. <laughs> <laughs> so it's only 25 oh. bucks once on Android? Yeah. How much and is it, it on iTunes? 120? 100. Jeez. And I don't know th- uh, what For Windows phone. App? I think it's 25. Yeah. To like be, that's to how much you have to pay to use a real nerd's app. No, 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 no not that's to how use much it. You have to put it on for iTunes. Us. Oh, okay. I was gonna say no one's gonna, no one's gonna do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. we're gonna put our free app on iTunes, and iTunes is gonna charge us a hundred dollars to get a developer's app. <laughs> so maybe at the Denver Comic Con, we can start a fund. I'll Hopefully. wear a tank top and take tips. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> There's no way this could go wrong. <laughs> 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 Come to Denver Comic Con and be ha- panhandled by the real nerds. Yes. I guess we should reannounce all that. Oh, yeah. We uh, will be at Starfest next month, really soon, like three weeks. April 20th, Crap. 21st, Four weeks. 22nd. I still need to get that day requested off work. And you can also cool. check us at the Denver Comic Con, June 15th through the 17th. And then at that convention, we will have our booth. And we will have a booth there. So come by and say hi. With prizes and games We're probably gonna be and right live recordings. The, the polar bear looking into the building. Dude, so we need a picture of us. That'd be awesome. But, yeah. And our booth. We'll see you next week. Wrath of the Titans. But what am I supposed to There's do? There's a chimera in there. That, that, was, that was my Sam Worthington. That was money. They messed if up I could keep case. on talking like this and then kind of go in and add in my Australian accent and my Australian, American accent, then I'll be perfect. Bye. Sam Worthington, if you like us, though, I'm just kidding. Bye.